Dante DiVincenzo and his camp are reportedly mad at the Sacramento Kings, believing they are intentionally keeping him out of the starting lineup and limiting his minutes in order to drive his price down this offseason. The summer hasn't even started yet, and already it's off to a bad start. Typical Kings. We'll talk about it on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, working for ABC 10 News here in Sacramento. And it wouldn't be a Kings offseason without some sort of drama. According to James Ham of ESPN 1320 and the, uh, the Kings Beat podcast, James, uh, along with his co-host Brendan Nunez, uh, on the latest episode of the Kings Beat, we're talking about Dante DiVincenzo, and James dropped the bomb that the camp of DiVincenzo is upset at the Sacramento Kings because they believe that the Kings have been intentionally holding Dante DiVincenzo out of the starting lineup, limiting his opportunity for production in order to drive his price down this offseason, to get him less money so the Kings could bring him back on a cheaper option. Now, before we dive into uh, the significance of this conversation, how big of a deal it is or isn't, uh, I do want to address the fact that James Ham is one of the most plugged-in reporters uh, when it comes to the Sacramento Kings. Also a great friend of mine. You've heard him here on Locked on Kings many, many times. Uh, James and I talked on the phone after this report went down because I wanted to get more information and more details from him. Uh, And I never once questioned the legitimacy of this because when James gets information like this, he doesn't roll with it or put it out there into the world right away. He always follows up. He asks questions. I'm sure he contacted the Sacramento Kings. I'm sure he contacted DiVincenzo's camp uh, even more to get more information. So when James says this stuff, it should be taken seriously. There is no way or nowhere in my mind that I believe that this is overblown or that James is making this up or making a a whole lot out of nothing. I firmly believe that this is a legitimate frustration by uh, DiVincenzo and his camp. The question is, though, do they deserve to be frustrated? Do they have a point or not? And I will say, when I heard this, my immediate reaction was, honestly, this makes the most sense. And what I mean by that is it has not made any sense from a pure basketball standpoint. It has not made any sense at all, period, for the Kings to start Justin Holiday over Dante DiVincenzo like they continue to do. The one time they started DiVincenzo, that was when Justin Holiday was hurt. DiVincenzo absolutely shined. Now, it's also important to point out that in terms of minutes played, in terms of shots in terms of production, DiVincenzo gets more opportunity, even though he's not a starter, than uh, Justin Holiday does. And smart general managers, which is pretty much every general manager in the league, they're not going to look at 
game started and ignore the production in terms of minutes played and usage rate, that's what they're going to look at more than game started. However, starting the optics of starting going into a a negotiation period, a free agency offseason, the optics of starting does make a difference, especially when you're a guard. If you're a big man, it's a little less significant. Like we saw last offseason, Rashawn Holmes, a starting caliber center in the NBA, Kings ended up getting him later on in free agency for an affordable contract that he wanted more money for. Dante DiVincenzo is a potentially starting caliber NBA two guard who can space the floor, even though his shooting numbers and finishing numbers are down here in Sacramento. He is coming off of an injury too, so that's important. But he also plays defense. There are a ton of teams in the NBA that are going to be interested in the services of Dante DiVincenzo. In fact, talking to James Hamm, he told me that. He told me there are teams that are interested in DiVincenzo, potentially willing to offer him the MLE, the mid-level exception, which is more money than the Sacramento Kings would like to pay for DiVincenzo if they can avoid it. So by limiting his opportunity, by not starting him, maybe they convince those teams who are interested in offering the MLE that he's not worth that contract. And then maybe they offer a smaller contract, which the Kings can match and ultimately save themselves a few million dollars. When it comes to strategy, when it comes to spreadsheets, when it comes to money, when it comes to negotiations, I understand what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do if this is true, which I do believe it is true. I do believe that the Sacramento Kings are interested in bringing Dante DiVincenzo back for as little money as possible, and they'd be willing to do small things like this at an end of another losing season to try and maximize that. I understand strategically why you would do this. I don't blame the Kings necessarily strategically for doing this, but you also have to take into account the human element of this. And when a guy who is coming off of his rookie contract is looking to get paid, especially when he's coming off of a big injury and you never know, even though I expect DiVincenzo to have a long and prosperous NBA career, you never know. It could end in a heartbeat. You want to try and secure as much money as you possibly can, especially when DiVincenzo is one of the biggest bargain contracts in the league. DiVincenzo is the third lowest paid player on the Sacramento Kings, third or fourth. Like that's ridiculous considering he's arguably, I mean, he should be, they're starting to guard. So I understand, ultimately, Dante DiVincenzo, of course, wanting more money. I understand the Kings wanting to try and save as money as possible and get him as cheap as possible. None of that is surprising. Where we have to be potentially concerned is, does this flare up in an ugly way for the Sacramento Kings? Truthfully, optics-wise, this wouldn't be a story in many markets outside of Sacramento. Like, because it's the Kings, and because the Kings are losers, and because it's easy to make fun of the Kings and and to point out their mistakes, it's low-hanging fruit, this is a bigger story than it needs to be. If the Kings were a winning organization, and they were doing this to save money, it'd be, of course, no questions asked. Also, I imagine guys like DiVincenzo would be a little more willing to play for a willing organization, especially if they have an opportunity to be a starter. The way I look at this entire situation is this. Sacramento is one of the few places 
where I think DiVincenzo is going to get peak opportunity. And what I mean by that is, like I've said already on the Locked on Kings podcast many times recently, if Dante DiVincenzo is on this roster, which I expect him to be on this roster starting next season, he is the most likely candidate at this point in time to be the starting two guard. And I think he makes a lot of sense playing alongside Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Dante DiVincenzo's catch and shoot three point percentage is around like 41, 42%. That suggests that he needs to play with a distributing guard or distributing big like both Fox and Sabonis are. Fox, I know, is not necessarily known as a distributing guard, but what I mean is DiVincenzo can space the floor. He'll get more catch-and-shoot opportunities because not only will the ball be running through DiVincenzo, or rather Sabonis in the higher low post, Fox can be attacking the basket, draw in a defender, easy kick out, there's a catch-and-shoot opportunity for you. Versus where DiVincenzo's been struggling is when he's had to create his own shot and shoot off the dribble. So I think Sacramento is an ideal spot for DiVincenzo. And I think he knows that. I think his camp knows that. But they're also trying to secure as much money as possible. I am honestly not concerned about this. I'm really not. I think in the end, DiVincenzo is going to get paid. The Kings are going to be fools not to match. And I, I unless a team swoops in with more than the MLE, and a lot of money randomly for no reason, the Kings are going to match. If a team offers DiVincenzo the MLA, the Kings are going to match, at least as far as I understand. Even if they don't want to pay that much, they will. They want Dante DiVincenzo on this team. They need Dante DiVincenzo on this team for so many different reasons. And even if DiVincenzo and his camp aren't happy with how things are playing out right now, I expect all will be fine come training camp and the start of next season. Things will be worked out this offseason. Even if the Kings match a contract and force DiVincenzo to come back, as maybe frustrated as his camp might be to not get their client, let's say Chicago. I'm just using that as a BS example. It wouldn't make sense because they have Zach Levine, so that doesn't make sense. Let's say a good team anywhere, like a playoff team, offers DiVincenzo the MLE with a chance to be either a sixth man or a starting caliber player, and the Kings match that. Yeah, you're probably not too happy going to California or staying in California where the taxes are high and playing for a team that is in the proverbial gutter and has no guarantee of actually making the playoffs for the 17th season. But you're getting the same amount of money. DiVincenzo is already well-liked here. He's got a future in Sacramento. It makes a lot of sense. Like, I I really think this is all going to blow over and is going to end up being a non-issue. I'm really confident in that. So reading this, thinking about this, talking to James about it, unpacking it, I'm not concerned about it, although I do understand how the Kings are playing with fire a little bit. They're making an unnecessary mess out of what doesn't need to be that significant of a situation. But again, I recognize that the Kings are low-hanging fruit, and I recognize that it's very easy for anybody, an agent, a player, a fan, a media member, to look at the Kings and go, look at this, what this team's doing. This team is trying to screw over another player or is mismanaging another player here. Like, Remember, Marvin Bagley's agent directly called out, insulted Kings general manager Monty McNair right before the season started. Now, that's a completely separate, unrelated issue, but it goes to show that the Kings have had public issues with player representation in the past. On top of that, McNair doesn't necessarily have the greatest reputation for the human element of basketball decision-making. 
Kyle Guy came out and was very open about how the Kings just kind of dropped him and let him go, left him out to dry. When Bogdan Bogdanovich, his failed sign and trade for Dante DiVincenzo with the, the Milwaukee Bucks, everything that went through with that, and then he only received really one phone call. Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton said he felt completely blindsided by what the Sacramento Kings did trading him at this trade deadline. I understand why McNair made all those moves. Strategically, they probably were close to the right moves. I could argue the Bogdan Bogdanovich move, letting him go, was not the right move. In fact, I feel that way, but you know, it is what it is. But there's the human element as well. And that's important, especially in the modern NBA where player personality and player feeling is so much more important than it used to be 20 years ago. How players feel. Players carry a lot more power now than they did back then. And if a disgruntled DiVincenzo is going to come into this season, I don't think it's going to have that big of an impact. Again, I expect it to blow over, but you're flirting with fire a little bit. You're playing with, you're making things unnecessarily difficult on yourself. Strategically, I understand if the Kings are doing it, which I believe the Kings are doing it, I don't necessarily blame them for it. But you just hope that it doesn't come back to bite the Kings in any kind of way. As of right now, I don't think it will. Again, I'm 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 saying I would bet good money that Dante DiVincenzo remains the Sacramento King and that this is all water under the bridge and really we might not talk about this again after today. Maybe it comes up a little bit more, but once a contract is signed, I don't think this is going to be much of a conversation at all. I really don't. But as of right now, it's in the news. And the Kings already bringing some offseason drama with them, even though the regular season hasn't even ended yet. Unfortunately, we're close. One more game. One more game. Yeah, the Kings play tonight. They play the Los Angeles Clippers. Guess what? Dante DiVincenzo didn't start. He had played in the game, though. We'll talk about the game that he'd had. Talk about whatever rest of the games the Sacramento Kings had. Offensively, they had no idea what to do. The first quarter has suddenly become a big issue for the Kings as of late. I guess we'll discuss that. In the end, another loss for one step closer to the end of the season. But the Kings are now guaranteed to do something this season that they didn't do in the last two abbreviated seasons. And no, it's not a good thing. I'll share with you what that is when we come back after I tell you a little bit about Built Bar. The protein bars that taste like candy bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. These Built Bars are delicious. Use them to replace those candy bars that you need that sweet tooth demands after dinner or a snack during the day. Look, I understand why you love those candy bars so much. I do too. I'm telling you, Built Bars taste just as good, if not better. Plus, they're significantly healthy for you. Instead of a like a 240-calorie Built Bar, or rather a candy bar, you can get 170 calories from your Built Bar with an average 17 grams of protein. Plus, they come in so many different flavors and wide variety, so you really won't get bored. Uh, for the hearty chocolate lovers, you have options. For fruit lovers, you have options. If you're like me and love mint chocolate chip ice cream, they have the mint brownie bar, which is oh so good. Give them a try. When you go on to Built.com, you can use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off. You can order a mixed box to try a bunch of different bars. You can order a specific box with the flavors that you want. Pick and choose that. You can try their new marshmallow puffs, which are really, really good. Again, use promo code LOCK15, though, for 15% off at Built.com. The Kings played the Clippers tonight. Did you watch it? I wouldn't blame you if you did, or didn't, rather. 
I kind of would blame you if you did. There's much better ways to spend a Saturday night at this point in time. It was a beautiful day here in Sacramento. Hopefully you uh, chose to spend your time wisely elsewhere. But if you did watch the game, congratulations. You continue to be the loyal Sacramento Kings fan base that I adore. Uh, and then I'm very thankful uh, as part of listening on the Locked on Kings podcast. What is their positive to pull out of this Kings game? Well, I don't know. Um, Davion Mitchell had 22 points and seven assists. I mean, he continues to play pretty well, still played, uh, almost 38 minutes in this game. Dante DiVincenzo played 20 minutes off the bench, eight points on three of seven shooting one of three from three point range. Uh, Harrison Barnes only three points in 26 minutes. Yikes. Uh, 15 points for Trey Lyles, 12 points for Damian Jones, seven, uh, or six rebounds for Lyles. Jones also had a couple assists and four steals. Like, I just, I'm scratching, I'm reading this box score at this point in time because there's really nothing more to say about this Kings game other than the fact that the Kings scored just 16 points in the first quarter. They didn't have their first point until like four minutes into this game. And first quarters have suddenly become an issue for the Kings over the last couple of weeks. Like, they just are getting out to slow starts. Am I going to read too far into that? No, because it's the end of the season. The Kings aren't nearly at full strength. I expect things would be different with Fox and Sabonis together. And what's funny is uh, maybe a month ago now, when Fox and Sabonis were playing, but the Kings were blowing massive leads on a nightly basis, it was the first quarter that was their strong suit. Now, at this point in time, they're they're just coming out of the game a little bit slow, falling in a hole and trying to battle back. Uh, that was pretty much the story of this game. Paul George uh, in 33 and a half minutes, 23 points, also had 12 assists, 8 rebounds. He flirted with the triple-double. Uh, I give full props to... Uh, what Ty Lue and the Los Angeles Clippers have done this season, despite being ridiculously hurt. They're just now a game over 541 and 40 on the season. Uh, 20 points for Norman Powell, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Luke Kennard both had 10 points uh, off the bench as well. So, hey, I mean, good on the Lakers, or rather Clippers, not the Lakers, they're out of the playoffs. Joy for that. Uh, but good on the Clippers. Wish them the best in the playoffs, and we'll see you uh, what happens to them. I don't have too high of expectations for them, uh, but at least they'll be uh, involved. And regardless of what happened in this game, win or lose, the Kings are going to get the, the seventh or the best odds of the seventh overall pick in the draft. The Kings, thanks to the Lakers winning the other night, the Kings could have won both of these games to wrap up the season tonight against the Clippers and then tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. Could have won both of those and the seventh spot would have been secure. They cannot... Uh, catch the six and they will not fall as far as the eighth in, stern, in terms of best odds. So really for pride's sake, you wanted to win both of these games and you needed to win both of these games because the last two seasons, remember abbreviated seasons because of COVID-19, the last two seasons, the Kings managed to win 31 games right now. The Kings are at 29. So the Kings, at best, can finish with 30 wins. The Kings have had 30 or more wins, 31 or more wins, in every season since 2017-2018, which was De'Aaron Fox's rookie season. So you mean to tell me that this Kings team is likely going to finish just barely better than Fox's rookie season when the Kings rolled out a roster that really featured five rookies, and it was the year after they traded um, DeMarcus Cousins. Tell me that this wasn't a step backwards for the Kings. Tell me that this wasn't a wasted season. Now, I do believe the Kings are moving in the right direction by trading for uh, DeMontis Sabonis, and, and rightfully so. I have high expectations for next season, assuming Sabonis and Fox are the core going forward and are able to stay remotely healthy next year. Still have those high expectations no matter what, but it's just dreadful to see 
where the Kings are at in the win-loss column, the fact that they're not going to be able to match in 82 games what they accomplished win-wise in, I think, 72 games. It's two 72-game seasons. is embarrassing. And it just goes to show you, like, this season has been dreadful for the Sacramento Kings. Just awful. Really, really, really bad. And I'm very, very thankful that it's coming to an end. I have not been more ready for a season to end than I am right now. I have not been more ready to say the absolute least. As we transition out of regular season coverage, we of course will look into off season coverage beginning of course with heavy draft coverage. Going to have a lot of that here on Lockdown Kings in the next segment. I'll update you on what the seventh best odds uh, mean for the Sacramento Kings in terms of their ability to move into the top four, get the number one overall pick. I'll share those numbers with you. Uh, Plus I'll share with you what's coming on Lockdown Kings before our draft coverage really kicks up, wrapping up the season. Really excited about something that I'm working on here for the podcast. I'll share that all with you coming up next. So the seventh best odds at the number one overall pick have been confirmed for the Sacramento Kings. And remember, they had the best chances at the fifth best odds going into their 4-1 road trip, which they started off by beating the Indiana Pacers, who do have the best odds of the fifth overall pick. Then the Portland Trailblazers did a good job losing over the last couple of weeks while the Kings went on that, that decent stretch. They've actually lost 10 in a row now, Portland has. So they have secured the sixth overall best odds in the NBA draft lottery. So the seventh overall best odds for the Kings, what does that mean? They have a 32% chance of moving into the top four. Again, the way the lottery works, they have no chance of getting picked six or five. They're either going to be one, two, three, four, seven, eight, nine, or I think 10 is as far as they can fall. I could be wrong there. They have no chance of getting picked six or five. So if they're going to move up, they're moving into the top four and they have a 32% chance of that happening in order to win the lottery. They have a 7.5% chance at number one overall. That's almost half of, or a little more than half of the best odds of the top three picks or the top three draft lottery positions, Houston, Orlando, and Detroit, with 14% each. Had they ended up in the sixth spot where Portland is, they would have had a 37.2% chance of moving into the top four and a 9% chance at number one overall. Or if they finish in the fifth spot, a 42.1% chance of moving into the top four and a 10.5% chance at number one overall. I mean, the lottery is a lottery for the reason, or uh, for a reason. We've seen the Kings move from eight to two. So it is very possible for the Kings to move from seven to one or seven to three or seven to four or seven to two. And that's what we're hoping for. Of course, I still expect, and we're going to talk a lot about this during the off season, especially after the draft lottery is, is finished and we know where the Kings are picking. I really expect the Kings to shop this pick heavily, heavily. And I don't expect them to do it to try and move up in the draft unless they really fall in love with the player, which I just, I, I, I'm, I can't see that it's a likely path for Monty McNair at this point in time. But we're going to talk about that a lot this offseason. Before we get to the draft lottery coverage, before we get to the draft coverage, I am going to do a series of kind of not, not necessarily progress reports, of, but like season reviews for groups of players, individual players, general manager Monty McNair, uh, associate head coach Alvin Gentry. We're really going to dive in and, and talk about each one of these big name players and, and then groups of players like role players like uh, Davion Mitchell, rather, I'm sorry, Damian Jones and Trey Lyles, guys like that, they'll be lumped into uh, one episode. 
but I have a series of these episodes coming and the G-Man Gary Gerald is going to be my guest analyst on all of these episodes. Really looking forward to those to wrap up the season and I want to hear your feedback, your thoughts on the players, coaches, uh, general manager that I'm talking about. Uh, so keep an eye out for that and I'll be sure to uh, reference that more here on Locked on Kings uh, once the season wraps up here. So expect that a lot uh, coming next week. But I really appreciate you continuing to listen even at this uh, part of the season. We've almost made it out. I want to hear your thoughts on this Dante DiVincenzo drama. Are you concerned about it? Or are you, like me, expecting that everything will be fine and it'll kind of blow over? Where are you at with this DiVincenzo drama? Let me know at MattGeorgeSack on Twitter. You can email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. Appreciate your support. As always, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, I think 56% of the people that watch Locked on Kings on YouTube are not subscribed. So please hit that subscribe button um, and uh, join the community. Get involved in Kings Talk. We have a lot of fun there. For my audio listeners, my OGs, you guys are amazing. Uh, I appreciate you. If you could leave a review of Locked on Kings, the two base places to do that. One is like Apple Podcasts, iTunes there. Not only can you leave a five-star review, you can actually uh, leave a, like a custom review why you'd encourage others to listen to Locked on Kings. That really helps get this podcast out there, and that would be huge for this upcoming offseason. So uh, if I could uh, ask you to do that and you had the time, it only takes a couple of minutes, please do that. And then Spotify listeners, there's no custom review system unless you want to go over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, but there is a five-star rating, so hit five stars if you would. I really would appreciate that as well. Thank you so much for your support. Can't wait to have you join me tomorrow for the final game of the season. Thank God. Will the Kings reach 30 wins? Who knows? The Phoenix Suns aren't going to play anybody, and still it feels like the Kings are likely to lose that game. We'll have to wait and see how that ends up. And then we've reached the off-season of drama, dreams, significance, We'll have to wait and see. But no matter what happens, we'll keep you covered here on Lockdown Kings. Appreciate your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Lockdown Kings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.